0: Welcome, my friends, to Slug is Dug, episode, oh boy, what are we at? We're at episode 79. That's right, my friends, we have two days left in the 12 days of podcasting leading up to the 12 podcasting days of Christmas. And in the background, we're hearing Calexico, and this is a song called El Gatillo, uh, I was going through the stuff I was going through the music collection today and I was like, you know, I haven't listened to Calexico in a long, long time so I thought I'd give you a little bit of this but as it, again, it's a late start today I've been busy, I've been out of the house I've had to be out to do um, you know, to get out to, to allow people to come in to look at the house so uh, we'll see what happens with that but uh, let's just let's uh, just Let's get started. We've, we've, got, uh, we've got a full episode today. Full episode. Not like any of these last ones that have only been about half full, that have not even been prepared, that have just been off the cuff. No, this one is slightly more prepared, slightly more full. In fact, I'm going to say it's full. It's jam-packed. It is exactly what you need to hear, to give you that feeling of fullness, to fill that feeling of emptiness because you are not currently enjoying the twelve podcasting days at Christmas because they are about two days away. <sighs> I know that's a lot. But let's move on. In follow-up. Yes, follow-up is still something that I have to do. I need to F you after I F up. Um I didn't really mess up too much that I know of yesterday, but Uh, As you know, I have been mentioning and talking about Paul Desmond, the saxophone player, quite a bit over the last little while, and I promise this is the last you will hear of me mentioning him on this particular series of podcasts, although there may be in the future a whole episode dedicated to him. Uh, Paul Desmond, I I said yesterday, I I think I mentioned that I thought he was an alto sax player, and indeed, yes, he was. He was an alto sax player. And um, just for your information as the very last bit of uh, information you need to know about him, he unfortunately died in 1977. Um, but he was he was great. and that is all I'm going to say about him from now on. So there you go. <laughs> I will not bore you with that anymore. So let's go from this to this week in podcasting history. Yeah, that's right. I, I've got segments, folks. There's segments. Can you believe it? I never thought that I would do that, but you know, when you when you've got to put out twelve episodes of a podcast, you got to kind of come up with a regular sort of thing that you do. And I've actually been having fun doing this, uh, going back and listening to old episodes, or at least seeing what people had put out around this time years ago and in in the past. Uh, and I think that uh, this little segment actually works well with what it is that um, my guest will have to speak about later in the episode. So you got that to look forward to. Uh, And today, uh, in uh, podcasting history, uh, back in 2015, around December 3 and 7, it was a busy week for Dr. Dave Broadbeck, and he released episodes 11 and 12 of the Spit and Twitches podcast. Look, I loved this podcast. Dave, if you're listening, um, please bring it back. I absolutely enjoyed this podcast. I think I wrote to you um, when you were doing this and told you uh, how much I loved it. And I think you were a little bit surprised that someone who was actually not a, uh, what do they call it, animal cognition type person was uh, listening to it. Um, I found it absolutely fascinating and your guests were amazing and the insight into the work that is being done to research and study animals and their cognition um, and just the stories that um, your guests had to share were absolutely fascinating. And um, so back in uh, 2000, what did I say, uh, 2015, Dave released uh, episodes 11 and 12 and in, day, in uh, episode 11, Dave talked to Professor Michael Brown from Villanova University, and in episode 12, Dave talked to Associate Professor Brett Gibson from the University of New Hampshire. Like like I said, I loved this series of podcasts. Um, I found them so interesting. And if you haven't heard this podcast, I, I direct you back to it. Uh, it. It's still available. In fact, I listened to two episodes today. Um... And it was because I, there was one particular episode that I think is probably the best one. I mean, they're all good, but if, if you only listen to one episode of the Spit and Twitches podcast, I point you towards episode 13 uh, with Dr. Uh, Suzanne McDonald from York University. This episode is, is it's absolutely fantastic. And um, there's even one point when Dr. McDonald uh, talks about an experience she had with elephants in Kenya and I'm not going to spoil it because you have to listen to it. You have to hear, hear her tell the story. Um, but it had me fascinated and laughing. And um, Dave, I hope you bring it back. I think you teased us once before saying that you might bring back the podcast. And uh, I think it's, um, I think it's a, a wonderful piece of work. Uh, in fact, I, I would love to do it with you. And I, w- I think it would be interesting to have um, somebody as dumb as me uh, or doesn't have to be me, but somebody who is, is, um, who doesn't know anything about this, but who is curious about all this types of stuff to kind of sit in and ask the dumb questions maybe, uh, for, to make it more for people who are outside of it. Um, although, you know, you guys did a great job of just sharing and talking, um, about the things you talked about and, uh, the rest of it, if we're curious, we can just, we can just look further into it, I suppose, you know, follow up. Um, but let's stay on a Dave thing and uh, go over to the Dave Solo thing. And in uh, 2016, on the 1st of December, which was not too long ago, albeit I know it was technically last week, uh, Dave released episode 39 called Quiet. Um, and that was, of course, was the Can- for the Canadian National Day of Podcasting. Um, we also, if we go to 2014, a little bit further back, uh, on the 7th of December... The Chubb Creek Podcast, Dave over there, the Chubb Creek Podcast was in the middle of reading The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. This was uh, episode three. Uh, and uh, he says that this is the part where some really exciting stuff happens. And uh, I remember Dave reading that and uh, I enjoyed listening to him read The Time Machine. And um, it was it was a, a good little series. Um, it was it was nice. It was nice to, to have that uh, have Dave reading me a story as I drove home from work and, um, unfortunately in 2017 over at the, uh, MPP podcast or about, I think it was actually called my personal podcast by none other than John Meadows. We saw the last episode of MPP and that would have been on the, like I said, the 10th of, uh, of December in, um, 2017, uh, John released the final episode called MPP 64, and the title of that was The Next Generation. He talked to Sylvain Grandmaison in that one. So there you go. That is what happened this week in podcasting history. Up next, we've got Doug's Top Tips. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Stingers. I, I've got them all, man. Doug's top tips, get good stingers. <laughs> All right, here's Doug's top tip, tip top tips for today. I've got two of them. I've got two of them. Uh, the first one is related to yesterday's about grocery shopping and your grocery list. If you don't know this, I'm uh, you know, I'm assuming you everybody knows this, but maybe you don't maybe you don't know these things I'm telling you. So just like there's no stupid no stupid question, I'm, I'm suggesting that there is no stupid top tip, although maybe there are. Doug's top tip. I'm always wrong. Okay, the actual top tip today is uh, learn your grocery store layout. And you know what? Make your list follow the direction that you shop. Seems simple, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, this way you don't miss anything on your grocery list, folks. I do it all the time. If, if I just grab the grocery list off the, the fridge, we got a little magnetic list that sticks on the side of the fridge. My wife always writes down all the things that we run out of that we need. And if I'm in a hurry and I don't make my list in the order in which I shop in the grocery store, I will miss something. I will definitely miss something and I will get home and I will catch all sorts of trouble because I've forgotten the very, very important M&Ms or the very, very important oatmeal or the V8s, any number of things. So for instance, I start in the produce and then I work to the center aisle. Then I go to the frozen, the dairy, and the meats. It's a simple solution. It's a simple suggestion. I don't know if you even make a list when you go shopping. You should. You should make a list. You should see how much. You should budget it. You should budget how much your grocery shopping is going to be and keep track of like whether or not you actually eat all the food that you buy. Because, boy, before I did that, I realized we... Wasted a lot of food and a lot of money. Uh, My second top tip. When you're decorating your podcast listening chair, old earbuds and leftover rubber doodads that go on them can be used to spruce things up, especially if they are in fancy colors. Because, you know, you do got to decorate your podcast listening chair for the 12 podcasting days of Christmas, which my friends are two days away. I know. It's a, it's, a, it's a common group knowledge. It is a, uh, um, a, uh, an oral tradition that we are, are spreading forth and a culture that we are leaving evidence of behind for future earthlings to refer to, to listen to, and to learn about those of us who are not famous, who are not even internet famous, who are not even famous in our own house. Speaking of which, Dr. Steve Cloutier, yes, a doctor, I know, a doctor, (laughs) he has sent me a clip, and I have to admit here that I feel terrible about this clip. On the last episode, I talked about how Steve sent this clip in, and it was long, and I was going to have to edit it. And then Steve listened to yesterday's episode, and he sent me a tweet last night. We tweeted back and forth over, I don't know how long, maybe an hour, half an hour, about how he could edit it. And I said, no, that's fine. I'll do it. And then it was, he was like, no, I'll do it. And I said, okay, well, only if you want to. I mean, it is your thing. You know, you are the doctor. You know what you're talking about. Let's, if, you, if you really want to, why don't you put it down to around eight minutes? And so basically I I, I I said, you don't have to. I said I was going to do it. Then I said, you don't have to do it. Then could you do it? And I said, don't worry about doing it. Then he did it and he sent it to me and I listened to it. And I was like, it's great. It's great. I love your edited version, but you know what? I like the long version better. I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel I feel like a professor in university making their students edit their papers when they, everything they put in there should actually be there. No, that's not what happens in university the professors are right. You do need to edit. But in this case, the professor is right in his very first edit that he sent to me, and I, the student, am wrong. So I apologize, Dr. Steve. I I apologize profusely, please. I beg your forgiveness. I know I made you spend time on editing last night. I'm going to play your original version because I think that it is valuable. I think it's worthwhile. And I think it's you. And it's what we need to hear. So, with all that said, I'll leave you with this. Uh, Dr. Steve Cloutier, uh, sending in a thing that I asked for. That's all I asked for, just a thing. Send me in a thing. Here, Steve, we'll talk to you tomorrow when there's only one day left in the 12 podcasting days leading up to the 12 days of pod... No, shit. When tomorrow there's only one day left in the 12 days of podcasting leading to the 12 podcasting days of Christmas. See, now, everybody's been getting this wrong. I have been hammering this title into you people over and over and over again. It's the 12 days of podcasting leading to the 12 podcasting days of Christmas. It's simple, folks. It's simple. But I forgive you. All right. Enough of me. Here's the Doc. The Doc Pinko himself. Take it away, Steve.
1: Hello, this is Steve a.k.a. Doc Pinko. I'm currently trying to back out of a parking spot here at the Real Real, Real American, Real Atlantic Superstore. I don't normally go to a superstore because, you know, um, they're, it's Loblaws and, you know, they're, uh, let's just say as a lefty, they're, uh, some of their, the statements that they're uh, president has made has left me rather cold but I go there occasionally on my way home for convenience which you can judge me for that as you wish uh, Doug has put out a thing uh, I feel like Anthony Marco hi what is it freaks and geeks uh, going to Mister. Going to Pizza Grande. I feel like uh, Anthony Marco there, or you know um, Dave Broadbeck. Although my wife's not with me, so I guess that's not like Dave Broadbeck. Uh, but Doug has asked people to submit stuff for the twelve days of podcasting, leading up to the twelve days of podcasting. I think that's what it's called. Something like that. I got the numbers right, if not the words. Um. Because there are only twelve days of Christmas, twelve days of podcasting. It makes sense. So I don't really have a history with um, the twelve days of podcasting. That's no offense to Jason. It's just that um, I'm fairly new to the community. If I am a part of the community, I suppose I am. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's any kind of initiation thing or, or what. But anyway, um, but I can tell you some thoughts about podcasting itself. Now keep in mind, as I say this, that I am an academic, and academics are kind of weird at times. Uh, Dave brought back in a test of this. We think in unusual ways. Um, I'm in the car, in case you know, I'm, I'm, I'm driving down Joseph Howe Drive. So what I say comes from the mind of an academic, and as I said, academics are weird, we think in Different ways. For example, I can read Jacques Derrida, the post structuralist, and understand what he means, insofar as anyone can understand Jacques Derrida because he is deliberately difficult um, and deliberately evasive. So when I think of something like podcasting, uh, and keep in mind too that I also come from a sort of literary cultural studies background. So when I think of podcasting, I don't just think of content. Uh, Content is important, of course, um, and I'm very much interested in content, but I also look at the way in which podcasting reflects our culture. Any technology, any way of recording information will affect our culture, and I'm interested in that kind of thing. And one of the things that I really like about podcasting I mean, I've come to many conclusions about podcasting. But one of the things that I like about podcasting is that it creates an oral history. A cultural oral history, or an oral cultural history. Uh, in the past, we don't have those kinds of things. The example that I use... it Actually, actually I'm kind of... Stealing it from uh, Bertolt Brecht, the German, um, the German writer, who said that Caesar conquered Gaul did not even have a cook. And his point is that you know we know a lot about famous people. We know a lot about Julius Caesar. We know a lot about Napoleon. We don't know a lot about the people who served them—the cooks, the soldiers. And that's because those people didn't have access to ways of communicating that information. I mean, we have some diaries and stuff like that, but not everybody could learn how to write. The great thing about the Internet, and we pick on the Internet a lot for uh, some very good reasons, but one of the things that the Internet does is it allows people to... who wouldn't normally have access, to have some access, right? I mean... As long as you've got a computer uh, you can a, a way to record a phone you can get things up on the internet um, you don't even need an internet you can go to a library for example right and do that and, and upload it there right which uh, incidentally is the importance of libraries which uh, I certainly believe in I mean think of think of something like uh, Mike down there in Copper Harbor if somebody like me, a an academic, was looking into the cultural history of Copper Harbor, what he is giving us is a very good cultural history, an oral history perhaps, but a cultural history of Copper Harbor. If someone comes along, there's this great resource that Mike has given them about a cultural history of Copper Harbor. Right? Jason Reese, you know... Um, Should anybody want a cultural history of armpit Tennessee, there it is. He's given it to us. Some of you may know that I have my own little podcast that I have set up with with my friend Peter Courtney. Uh, Peter and I have known each other since 1976, which is a long time. I I can't do the math in my head. Um, That's distracting, plus I'm trying to drive at the same time. One One of the things that we set out to do with stories from Sackville was to create that oral history. We know that people... that stories are being lost, right? We're at, we're at an age where, you know, our, our people are of our generation are starting to pass away. And we, and we know that those stories are dying with them. Um, to, that sounds morbid. I mean, that's really what we wanted to do. We wanted to create an oral history of growing up in lower Sackville Nova Scotia in the 1970s and the 1980s. right I mean we I mean it, we didn't want to just sit, drink sit around get drunk and reminisce I mean we been doing that for years um, uh, in 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 his backyard in my apartment that kind of thing we wanted to put those things down because we wanted to have some kind of document. Not just that, but, you know, by putting it out there, by creating the Facebook account. We were also hoping that other people, our peers, our generation, people who grew up with us, would also share their stories so that we could create a little sort of mini community in Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. I mean, and of course, you know, anybody else is quite willing to, to Participate and, and contribute, but really, what—that's what we wanted to do—is we wanted to give them sort of a snapshot of what it was like being in the '70s, growing up in Lower Sackville in the '70s and '80s, a time that is very different from our own, right? You know, and and we live in a culture, unfortunately, that sometimes through its intense focus on progress, through its intense focus on the now uh, and the future even perhaps uh, that the past can be lost and that's not a bad thing progress isn't a bad thing focus on the the now is not a bad thing focus on the future is not a bad thing but to lose the past is a bad thing most of my grandparents are dead I have one, one grandmother left their generation in my family at least are almost gone There are loads of stories that I don't know. Loads of stories I wish I knew. My great-grandfather, he was gassed during the First World War. I don't know that story. Nobody knows that story. All they know is that he was gassed. There's no story behind that. Nobody knows how it was, where it was. Um, And he died young. He died in 1942, right? I mean, he died before my mother was born. And so, you know, I had no chance to, no chance to learn those stories. Um, And certainly as somebody who's interested in the First World War, that story would have been particularly fascinating to me. Great-grandfather or not, just that story would have been interesting. But nobody recorded those stories. And that's the importance of podcasting. I know that probably sounds a little bit pretentious, but that's okay. I I can be pretentious this time. I'm, I'm just going to hang that out there. You know, that, that podcasting gives us that stuff. Everything everybody is doing is contributing to a cultural history. A cultural history that people like me would really appreciate. I mean, you know, my great-grandfather aside, I've spent since 1997, I think it was... Uh, when I first read Dan Billiny, I, I, I so that's what, you know, what, 20 year, 20, 20 some odd years studying a guy named Dan Billany. Don't worry, none of you would have heard of him. Uh, an English writer who died in the Second World War, novelist, I don't even know the sound, what his voice sounds like. And academics love that kind of stuff, right? We love learning. I, I was... I was at his sister's place, I had the, I had the privilege of meeting his, his surviving sister, uh, she has since passed, passed away, but I went to her house doing research on him, I managed to get her address from the Imperial War Museum, and she gave me a box of letters and stuff like that, and she said, I, I haven't gone through this box in, in like 40 years, I don't know what's there, um, but you're welcome to look through it, and I found five letters from T.S. Eliot. Now, for most of you, I know that's probably not a big thing. You probably know that he was a poet. Uh, he was one of the greatest 20th century poets. But, to me, that was like a revelation. Academics go their whole career without finding something like that. The content wasn't important. The content was, was. Bill and he had a novel published by Faber and Faber. T.S. Eliot worked for Faber and Faber, so they corresponded about the book, right? Just basically production stuff. What should the title be? That kind of stuff. But still, five letters from T. S. Eliot. So what the what these podcasts are doing? What I mean, Peter and I are are quite vainly, perhaps, are trying is trying to push out is this idea of a cultural history. Now it may be vain to think that in fifty years or a hundred years that somebody would be interested in anything that we do. Believe me, they will be. Believe me that there will be some academic some there somewhere, some graduate student who is doing an essay on the transformative power of podcasting in the digital age and its effect on the oral history of Blank, Armpit, Scarborough, Parma, Copper Harbor, Sackville. And these will become important resources. I know that sounds slightly facetious, but only slightly facetious. So that's what podcasting needs to be, right? Podcasting lets us, as a group, as a community, and individually, to leave something behind, to leave a kind of legacy. I mean, that's certainly what I hope Stories from Sackville does, my own, my own little podcast. You know, I, I hope that what Peter and I do together eventually, um, when we're sober, when we're drunk, uh, is to provide an information, to provide information to people in the future. When we are no longer there to tell our stories, that our podcast will tell our stories for us. And that's what I hope you do. Now, I know that sounds very pretentious, but there you go. That's the kind of guy I am. I told you academics were weird. So, thanks, Doug, for the opportunity. Thanks to everybody for their podcasts. And thanks to Jason Reese, a.k.a. The Reese Man, for the 12 days of podcasting so I'm signing off
0: goodbye